anxiety is. We know that there's five areas of anxiety. Generalized anxiety disorder, which we're discussing today. Mm -hmm. There's also OCD, uh, panic, PTSD, social anxiety disorder. Um, but as far as generalized anxiety <clears throat> disorder, uh, are there, there, there's probably the question of you know what it is, and we, we already talked about that. Mm -hmm. But um, I think a big question would be, where does it come from? Like, mm -hmm. what brings on anxiety? Yeah, and that's and that's something that you know I was very curious about, and a lot of people I think are curious about. So anxiety can come from a couple of different things. So the best way I like to explain it is it's basically the mind catastrophizing the what ifs about the future that may never happen, right? So you know, so if I'm if I'm sitting here presently and my mind starts to think like I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my job in six months. You know, I'm and I and I begin to tell myself I'm gonna lose my job in six months. I'm gonna lose my job in six months. But the thing is, is I may not actually lose my job in six months. Mm -hmm. But my mind starts to think about the what ifs, you know. And then when my mind starts to think about like, okay, what if I lose my job? And if I lose my job, then you know, then I'm not gonna be able to pay my rent, and I'm not gonna be able to buy food for my family, and we're gonna be homeless. And it just kind of you know, goes down this like dark rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, and that's when you have a lot of people like moving out of state. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, and I mean, I think with definitely with like the pandemic and stuff, like it's like, oh, wow. Yes. Like, you know, that may happen. And so it's just, yeah, it's very scary. Yeah. It is. Um, but yeah, so basically, you know, that's one part of it. Our mind's focusing on the what ifs. And the thing is, is it may not even happen. Um, because also you have to think about the flip side of like, what if I don't lose my job? Right. Then, you know, then it's okay. Um, and so, you know, in another, so what happens is our mind starts to think about like, kind of goes down that rabbit hole. And then when we start to think about that, then that's when all of a sudden we notice that like our heart starts beating a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. I might be sweating. I might be, I might look down and realize I'm clenching my fists or I'm shrugging my shoulders or it might be a little harder for me to breathe you know, might be difficult for me to concentrate on something. So that's where kind of those physical symptoms, you know, connect to kind of that like what if future thinking. Anxiety can also come from, you know, past trauma that's happened. Um, the body remembering things that have happened in the past. You know, for example, you know, we know someone who, when he was younger, had a really bad experience, you know, with the police. Um, he grew up in not a safe area, so you know, encountering the police was something that wasn't always a great experience for him. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, over two decades later, you know, the something happens at his job, not related to him, but the police come to like check it out, you know, make all that, and he finds himself, you know, feeling anxious and feeling worried. And so, even though the situation has nothing to do with him, you know, just like when he was younger, he wasn't in trouble with the police, but the police were there you know, it re-triggers all of that anxious, those same anxious feelings he felt back then. Yeah. So his body is literally remembering what happened, even though the circumstances are completely different. I feel like everybody gets a little bit of anxiety around the cops. <laughs> oh, totally. But basically, yeah, it basically with trauma, it's the body signaling like an alarm's going off, but there's no fire, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Okay. So, so trauma from the past. Trauma from the past. Can cause some of the anxiety. Right, because our body remembers. Even though our brain doesn't necessarily remember because it happened so long ago, our body remembers. And mm -hmm. then so when we, you know, time goes on, 
something triggers it and our body remembers. And that's when all those like anxious symptoms and all those body sensations come back up. So, and you were explaining to me the idea of like uh, how your brain and your body works. Can mm-hmm. you, can you please like share a little bit on that thought? Like your brain being a supercomputer, as you said. Right, right. So the way that I like to talk about is like the brain and the body, right? That's kind of like the tale of all time of like the head and the heart, you know? So the way I like to think about it of like our brain being like a supercomputer, right? Mm-hmm. Our brain is constantly thinking and going and, you know, we're constantly analyzing and, you know, we use our brains throughout our day to think and observe things and all of that. But then our body is really kind of like, I like to call it like a rabbit. It's like the feelings, you know, we feel all of like our things in our body. So it can be, so that's how they kind of interplay with each other of like our brain sees something, you know, we pick it up and then we start to, you know, we have different thoughts, different things, and then that makes us feel a certain way. And then when we feel a certain way, you know, we act on it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's important to think about like, okay, how do I, how do I address what I'm thinking? Like, is what I'm thinking, how is that affecting how I'm feeling? And then am I making decisions based on those feelings? So it's kind of important to, you know, to make sure that, you know, we're looking at both our bodies and our minds, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, we're looking at making sure we're taking care of them both. Taking care of them both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Let's, let's get a little bit, uh, more into maybe some scripture here mm-hmm. because I think like, uh, from, for myself, I think I was kind of raised and not to say that my parents looked down on psychology, mm-hmm. but I think they just, we just didn't really know about it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, <clears throat> mental health was mm-hmm. something that was kind of like a dismissed thought or like a secondary mm-hmm. thought. It wasn't mm-hmm. something that was looked at as like, you know, as important as physical health. Right. You know, so like, you know, I'd see, I'd see my dad every morning working out, my mm-hmm. mom working out, you know, like mm-hmm. I'd see them walking or doing mm-hmm. whatever they did. And so like, I saw that physical health Right. as far as mental health. Uh, I, they didn't go to a therapist, mm-hmm. you know, there was there was nothing like that. Right. And so, um, in the Christian context, like, there's, there's this scripture I'll throw at you just to kind of give some uh, Christian perspective and just maybe some thought as a Christian mm-hmm. and the idea of Christianity and psychology. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scripture says this. It's from Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything, mm-hmm. but in everything by prayer and supplication mm-hmm. with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. So coming from the field of psychology, mm-hmm. how does that, in, in a way, like, what does that mean to you as mm-hmm. a professional? Right. But then also as a Christian. Right. So I think, um, I think a lot of the time, you know, in the church, it's either or. You know, it's, e- it's either like, it's just scripture and prayer or it's like mental health. There's no, it's, but to me, it's both. And okay. It's not either or it's both. And to me, you know, mental health is very much similar to physical health. If someone has, you know, a terminal diagnosis or injury, yes. Like they go to the pastor or they go to their church or the elders and they ask for prayer and they ask for prayer for their community, which is so important. It's important to like seek God in that, but also like you go to the doctor as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same with mental health of absolutely like prayer and petition, you know, seeking the Lord, um, you know, finding strength in community. But it's also important too to reach out to 
a mental health professional or someone, you know, someone who can help you with that. You In know, the same way that you would look for like a trainer at the gym. Right. Or, or you would go to a doctor. Education, yeah. 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 Go to a doctor for your primary care doctor for something. It's just, to me, it's the same, you know, as going to see someone who's trained in mental health. Yeah. And, and even in that, like, I feel like there's the scripture actually, for me, when it comes to the area of psychology or even science, like, I think that scripture goes with these things. Like, I, there was a scientist that was our friend in Germany when we mm-hmm. were there, and we were having a conversation with her, and she met so many Christians who were, like, actually against her. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, you know, science isn't God. She was like, I never said it was. Like, mm-hmm. And for me, I was really interested in some of the areas that she actually was, was researching. Mm-hmm. And so in my head I was like I think like scripture backs up science like science finds out the truth that is mm-hmm. revealed in scripture right and so in the same way like I look at like even like psychology or some areas of it mm-hmm. now I don't agree with everything in it right however I do think that there are some things that enlighten us to understand mm-hmm. why scripture says this mm-hmm. why God gave this or revealed this to us in scripture right Absolutely. and so like in looking at even the scripture uh, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. That in itself is a practice of mental health. Right. So like literally saying in, in everything by prayer and supplication. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I just looked up supplication right now because I forgot the total um, uh, meaning of it. But uh, it, it it's defined as um, basically the action of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly Mm. and so like the idea of going to god Mm -hmm. in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving Mm -hmm. uh let your request be made known to god like Mm -hmm. the idea is that's a practice of mental health Mm -hmm. like it's literally it's part of like an exercise like a workout right so to speak and so like in scripture it kind of presents it in a way that that teaches us that this practice is good for us. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. So we have this uh, spiritual uh, kind of spirituality presented mm-hmm. by the peace of God. Mm-hmm. And then we have, which surpasses all understanding, which to me is the cerebral or the, the thinking, the, right. the logical. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, will guard your hearts and your minds in mm-hmm. Christ Jesus. And, and we know that this is like, it can be interpreted as something spiritual, mm-hmm. but it could also be something very physical. Right. Because as you were saying, like, I think, like, you, you brought out the idea that anxiety, it's um, it's not just like, it's like your supercomputer and mm-hmm. your body. Right. You're the rabbit, you call it. Like, right. It, it affects you physically. Right. Like, what your thoughts do. And then here mm-hmm. you have scripture pointing to it, saying that, you know, you do these things and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds, mm-hmm. which are things that I think that we become unhealthy in. If right. we're not careful. Let's say you're giving advice to somebody who's not a Christian. Right. And you're saying you should do this daily. Like mm. and it's just it's it's just something that oh that is yes. basically found in yes. the field anyway. Yes. But yes. you know it as mm-hmm. being derived from like Bible. So okay, so for example, something if we're talking about anxiety is thinking about the future, then a way to help anxiety is being present. So being mindful. Um, so, you know, so if I were talking to someone who, you know, wasn't a Christian or wasn't interested at all in the faith aspect, I would talk about, okay, let's talk about, um, like mindfulness meditation, you know, meditating. So meditating on like your breathing or finding like a mantra to meditate on throughout the day. But if a Christian, I would, you know, to kind of combine the two, I would have, I would encourage someone to meditate but during that meditation time to focus on a scripture. Mm-hmm. So what is a promise of God, you know, a truth of God that I can, 
you know, focus on and meditate on, you know, to make sure I'm reminding myself of the truth. Yeah. And even like meditation alone, like I feel like scripturally is present because mm-hmm. like be still and know. Right. You know I mean? Absolutely. Like, so the idea of like, so I, that's why, that's what I was asking basically. Like, like there's, there are things that could be practiced that for me, basically God put into us and right. said, you should do this. Right. So, yeah. So there's this other scripture. It, it kind of leads us to a place of almost obligation. It mm-hmm. says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God mm-hmm. in your body. Mm-hmm. So for me, there's almost like an obligation Mm-hmm. to us as individuals as christians mm-hmm. to glorify god in our body right so we push the idea of of uh physical health mm-hmm. and that's kind of common you know like work out eat right, right you know make right. good decisions right um don't get the third bowl of soup that right. you got tonight <laughs> you know uh you know all that stuff the idea would be this if to glorify god in our body mm-hmm. wouldn't that include like our mental health yeah, absolutely. And so how do we stay healthy mentally? Right. So I think there's a couple of different things, you know, because I think, you know, if we're talking about like our mental health, you know, and we're talking about like our physical body. And like I said, you know, like we're talking in regards to anxiety specifically. So if our mind is thinking something right and then that triggers a physical response. So then we also need to like if we're talking about physical body, we also need to, you know, look at the brain. You Mm -hmm. know, and and so I think it's important, you know, to look at, you know, really like, what are we feeding our brains? Mm -hmm. What are we feeding Mm -hmm. our brains in regards to um, something as simple as like, what are we watching on TV? Like, what are we watching on TV? Um, What are we listening to? Because something that is interesting is there's a part of your brain in the back. um, It's called your RAC, your reticular activating system. And basically what that is, is that's the part of your brain um, that's like picking up on things around around you. So for example, like when you're driving in the car, you're mm-hmm. driving in the car, this happens to me all the time, so I'm sure it happens to other people. You're driving in the car and the radio's on and you're not, you're not paying attention, you're not listening, but the music's just going on in the background, you're not paying attention to the lyrics. Uh, but you know the radio, like they play the same five songs all the time. So literally about a couple weeks goes by and then all of a sudden you know all the lyrics to the song, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're like, but wait, I'm not paying attention. Like, it's, I'm not thinking about it. But that's the part of your brain that's picking up, that's listening to what's going on around you when you think, hey, like, I'm not, like, I'm not listening to the lyrics. I'm not paying attention. So would that be like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure which word is accurate, but subliminal or subconscious? Like- I would say, yeah, more like subconscious. Okay. Yeah, a little more of like your subconscious. And so I think it's really important, you know, to see like, what are we listening to? Mm-hmm. What am I feeding myself like? Am I reading scripture? Am I reminding myself of truth? Am I speaking truth to myself? Mm-hmm. You know, that's really important because what you feed your brain is going to impact you physically. Mm. So I think it's important to, you know, making sure that, you know, we're watching what we put in our brain for what we watch, what we're listening to, how much time we spend on social media, you know, social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of those things are out there. Like, we're constantly being exposed to so many things at one time. We're seeing what other people are doing. And, you know, that makes us feel like, 
inferior. I'm not inferior. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, that person is doing a million things, like baking banana bread, all these things, and I can like, you know, barely get myself dressed. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, it's just this comparison game. You know, yeah. so, you know, so I think it's important to when talking about like our mental health, making like watching what we're putting in there. And, and this would be important. a good point to bring up. You are not on social media, correct? I am not on social media. I mean, I since I'm, I'm since I side plug, going to be starting my own podcast talking about education. You know, mental health. Just you know, education, fun, simple, like talking about mental health and just bringing education to people in a clear, simple way. I do have an Instagram for that. Okay. Um, but I personally do not have any social media. In your field, do you just stay off of it just for the sake of like, you know, clients not having, not being able to find you? It's, yeah, it's kind of a couple of reasons. One of, you know, I've had, you know, multiple clients be like, I tried to look you up on Facebook or I tried to find you on Instagram, you know, and that creates kind of just this whole conundrum of things. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, it creates a whole bunch of things of like, well, if I see something on social media, like, so it's just better just to avoid it. Yeah. And then also just personally, like, I'm a little more of a, I'm private, I like to keep things a little private in my life. So, okay. you know, so I, you know, I, I personally just don't have any, you know, social media. Okay. And I also, you know, and one thing I'd also like to clarify is that, you know, like we had talked about, like, how do we, you know, you know, stay in control, you know, how do we keep our mental health well, you know, and I had talked about like, um, you know, like what we watch, what we listen to social media for sure. Um, and I also like, I also think like addressing the physical body too, like making sure we're eating right and exercising. And, you know, I also just want to clarify that, like I said, it's on a scale, right? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it can be like a chemical imbalance too. So I don't want to just, you know, I don't want to sit here and just state, oh, you know, if you watch the right things, if you listen to the right things, if you stay on social media, like, right. I want to clarify, you know, really validate that it's also, you know, some things that are out of our control for some people and that's okay as well. Okay. So in the, in the Latino communities and in most like communities or cultures, I'm sure in most guys, they, they have the, the ego or the pride and. And I read a stat that says only 20% seek treatment. And we know mm-hmm. that a majority of them are women that suffer right. uh, from anxiety disorders. Mm-hmm. But the the men especially, uh, they avoid it at all costs. Mm-hmm. Especially even the ones that I know mm-hmm. that they definitely had some anxiety issues. Right. They just didn't want to get any sort of treatment. Right. And this is only 20% seek treatment. Mm-hmm. So that means there's 80% that mm-hmm. don't. Right. So 80% of those that suffer mm-hmm. with this mm-hmm. don't seek treatment. Right. Uh, how would you encourage them or, or why would you encourage them? I think a huge thing, you know, to seek treatment is knowing that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Because I think a big thing of when when we're struggling with something, we can feel very isolated. Mm-hmm. We feel very lonely and we feel, you know, a lot of the time what I hear from people is I feel like I'm going crazy. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I hear. I'm going crazy. I'm crazy. You know, it's actually like, no, like you're not crazy like you're you're struggling with something and a lot of people are struggling with it so this is a normal thing as humans that we struggle with and you said this before like it's it's okay to not be okay yeah it's 100 percent okay not to be okay you know and i think vulnerability is such a great strength you know in our society we're very scared to be vulnerable because we don't want to be weak but when 
when you think about it, when you're sitting across from someone and you're having a conversation and someone takes a brave step to be like, hey, like, I'm not doing well. It gives permission for the other person and freedom to be like, oh, okay, I'm not doing well either. You know, and that's where true connection and true healing can happen. I'm not alone in how I'm feeling. This person is struggling too. And so I would, I would encourage someone, you know, to go seek help and seek treatment because to feel better, to be, to feel better ultimately, you know, cause you go yeah. to your doctor to feel better. Yeah. You know, like you feel bad, you're injured, whatever you break your legs. So you go to the doctor to get a cast and then, Hey, you get the cast off and you're back, you know, you're back to doing your thing. It's the same way. You want to feel better, so it's okay to go seek help. And then on top of that, like uh, in in this area, I think like it's it's still a little taboo, or still a little like stay away from that voodoo stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's still a little bit like that in some areas uh-huh. and in some cultures. Right. And so um, maybe maybe are there any good Christian books or? Or resources that you would say, like just for just for somebody who wants to just educate themselves a little bit further into it, um, that you would maybe recommend, or even we can we can uh, we can post up some links later mm-hmm. uh, that you can just recommend some resources just to learn about it, read about it a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, especially for those within the church. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I would also say and encourage everybody as pastors or leaders church leaders Mm. elders Mm -hmm. deacons bishops bible study (laughs) leaders small group leaders worship directors uh, art gallery curator curators for the church uh, cafe directors whatever you are in the church you're not therapists Mm. and so i think like that's something that has to be identified right i think we've had a conversation Mm -hmm. before where it was kind of like uh referring Mm -hmm. people out absolutely is a good thing yes I think, yes, absolutely. You know, because as pastors, like, to kind of just say it bluntly, like, you know, you guys haven't really been trained in mental health. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> whoa, whoa, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're whoa. right. You're right. You're yeah. right. You know, and so it would be, you know. it. And I would even go further and say some pastors are mentally unhealthy. Right. And how can you care for others if you can't care for yourself first? Mm-hmm. You know, just like the classic... You got to put your oxygen mask on yourself before you can put it on someone else. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, you know, I would highly encourage, you know, pastors or leaders to, you know, find mental health resources in your community, find Christian therapists that you can refer um, couples or individuals out to because, you know, because, because you haven't been trained in that, it's not fair to put the expectation on you to be able to provide a service that you know, you weren't trained in, right? you know, and like I said before, it's not, um, either, or it's not just going to my pastor or just going to my therapist. I think it's both. And yeah, going to, you know, my therapist, to a therapist for help talking about mental health stuff, but then also being like, okay, how does my faith incorporate in this? My faith, you know, I love Jesus. Like, how does he like, what part does he play in this together as part of my healing journey, as my supporter, like through all of this? So, and, I, and I think too, like, sorry to cut you off, no, but cool. the idea of um, finding faith-based uh, social workers, faith-based mm-hmm. uh, uh, therapists mm-hmm. 
that when we're referring them, mm-hmm. they do have the biblical foundation mm-hmm. of pointing people, not just in mental health, mm-hmm. but pointing them to Christ. Right. Absolutely. I think that's huge too. Oh, and totally. like for pastors, I think it can be intimidating sometimes because it's like, well, I'm going to send them over to that person and mm-hmm. I don't know what they believe, this and that. Right. But I think we have to kind of break some barriers there of, of saying like, right. You got to get connected. <laughs> Absol- absolutely. You know, just like you would never. Okay. So, you know, you would have someone in the church come to you, you know, with a huge amount of money or, you know, struggling financially and you, you know, you would know resources in the community or other members in the church, you know, who you could guide them to, who you know are legit um, to help them with, you know, their finances or their money. Yeah. Like you would definitely, if someone... For example, most pastors mm-hmm. don't deal with a lot of money. Right. <laughs> it's right. a very rare thing. Unless you're told. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's not mention any names. Yeah, that's we'll true. We'll get sued. Touché. But <laughs> I'm going to bleep that out. Anyway, um, so, so most pastors don't deal with a lot of money. So you um, have a limited understanding of what to do right. with large sums. Right. So then what you would do if someone comes to you, mm-hmm. like I, I think I had that once or twice where someone mm-hmm. came to me and they're like, like, hey, I have this large sum of money. Right. What do you think I should do with it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, oh, man, like I have no clue. Like, what are you mm-hmm. asking me? Do you right. want to give it to the church? Like, what, right. are you, like, what are you asking? And so like you first have to go through that. But then mm-hmm. if, if it's literally like you know, how can I, how can I benefit the kingdom with this large sum mm-hmm. of money? Mm-hmm. Then it's like, oh man, we'll go talk to a CFP, you know, like right. a certified financial planner right. will help you position those finances in mm-hmm. the best place to bring the most resource to mm-hmm. yourself and the kingdom and to right. see it grow. So yeah, I would definitely like refer people out in a situation like that. Right. So I think it's the same in mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, you have someone who's coming to you, you know, with things that, you know, you don't feel comfortable answering and you don't want to point them in the wrong direction or tell them the wrong thing. So I think as a pastor, it's okay to do research, you know, and the thing is, is you can call, you can look up, you can look up and call a therapist and ask questions, you know, like, are you a Christian therapist? You know, is it okay if I, you know, want to refer like people from my church to you, mm-hmm. you know? So I think it's okay for pastors to do that because as a therapist, you know, there have been questions that, you know, patients have asked me that I have said, Hey, I don't have the answer to that. I would encourage you to go talk to your pastor about that, you know? So I think it's yeah. okay, you know, for, you know, for both sides to utilize the strengths of each other. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Sarah's going to be starting a podcast on basically just educating people this has been really for me at least educational helpful as far as like application there's there's obviously theory that we we kind of just checked out you taught us a little bit uh, application of stuff i know that we want to do some more podcasts where mm-hmm. we can actually um, share with people some things that they can apply directly um, and we'll do that soon mm-hmm. uh, but i do want to kind of take some time and just kind of uh promote and plug your you're going to be doing your own podcast yes uh you're going to have an instagram yes and what's the handle on this one so it's at underscore haven health at underscore haven health and Mm -hmm. we'll link that in the description of course but in this uh in this podcast your main goal is going to be to educate people right yeah i want to bring an education um you know just the things you know because we had mentioned like pop culture or we hear so many different things but you know we don't know or you know i feel a certain way like you know my grandma told me i have anxiety but like yeah do i really like what does that mean what does it look like you know my sister told me i'm depressed but what does that mean you know like 
there's just a lot of questions. So through my podcast, I hope just to bring just some education in a way that is easy to understand because, you know, mental health, the language and the terminology can be really confusing. So I hope to just bring, you know, just some simple clarity education that's in just like a fun, easy, understandable way. And even attacking the stuff that is not accurate. Absolutely. Like you attacked one of our friends when they said it takes 21 days to to learn a habit. And that's 100% incorrect, right? Right. Okay. So just to bring some clarity to that. So that came from a study that was done on people who had lost limbs. Um, And basically what research has found is that it takes, it has taken an average of 21 days for someone to to get used to a prosthetic. You know, so somehow that was turned into like, it takes 21 days to form a habit. Yeah. So, you know. So, <laughs> so that's not accurate. Right. And that's that's uh, that's probably uh, what would be lumped into the pop culture science. Yes. Okay. And so it's there's a lot of stuff there, a lot of junk that you're going to help people filter through. Yes. And kind of really establish some yes. real truths. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> or truth, we should say. Yes. Yes. Um, absolutely. Also, like, I, I know that after hearing this, some people are probably going to, you know, maybe DM me or say like, hey, can I actually... Uh, book a session with Sierra mm-hmm. and uh, you don't do private practice. You don't do private sessions. Right. right. Uh, number one, cause you have a full-time job. Yes. Yeah. And, and so uh, for those of you that are listening that are saying like, Hey man, like I am looking for a therapist. Uh-huh. Um, uh, we'll try to put up a link where they can maybe find right. something. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you have those resources. Absolutely. And so, um, yeah. So just keep listening. We'll put out some more podcasts. And like I said, she's going to be launching her own mm-hmm. at underscore Haven Health will be the place where you can find all the information mm-hmm. and she'll be posting up more uh, helpful tips. And yeah, this has been great. Thank you for being on Sierra. Yeah. Thank you. And we'll, we'll do this again soon. Excellent. Thanks. <laughs>